Well, babe, you're officially a mom. And you're officially a dad. <laughs> so my wife, Angela, is definitely my favorite blogger, YouTuber extraordinaire, and she's a pretty amazing wife, I must add. And my guess is that a lot of you have seen my husband, Matt, on TV or in the movies, Wyatt from Timeless, Liam from 90210, anyone? How about Chicago from Pitch Perfect 3? I mean, he's bringing the sexy. All right, all right. So if you guys didn't know, Angela and I created a podcast called Hello Bump to chronicle our journey as expecting first-time parents. We really just started it for something for us to look back on, but we ended up really loving our weekly chats. Yeah, so much that we couldn't stop there. I mean, now is the fun part, right? Now is the payoff for the nine months of pregnancy. Now is where our life begins. And we have a brand new beautiful baby girl, and we're so in love. (laughs) We want you guys to come on this new journey with us of figuring out, frankly, how to raise this little thing. We know it's going to be tough at times, but we also know that the rewards are great. Yeah, we're going to be chatting week to week about the joys and the struggles of learning how to do this parenting thing. And I'm pretty sure we'll mess up a lot. But from every mistake comes a lesson that hopefully we can pass on to you. So join us on this wild ride as we undertake our newest challenge, parenthood. Hello, Hello, baby. baby. Hey, everybody, welcome back to a brand shiny spanking new episode of Hello Baby Podcast. With me is my co-host and mother of the small specimen currently sleeping upstairs, Angela Lanter. Yellow. I'm Matt. I'm the husband, the fodger, the co-host. The baby daddy. Baby diety. I feel like you're, you're bringing the drama tonight. <laughs> really, I'm really going for it. Mm-hmm. I'm really going for the drama. I can feel, for, I can feel it. Yeah. So uh, you have joined episode number seven. And on episode number seven today, we're going to be recapping weeks four through six with our brand new baby and all that came along with it. We're going to be doing some listener feedback Q&A. We think that's fun. So uh, stay tuned and here we go. Hey, Angie. Angela. I wasn't sure if you were addressing me because, you know, I don't answer to Angie. Yeah, you don't like Angie. No. Uh, okay. Angela it is, I guess. Ange. Ange. Okay, Ange. No, wait. When We had an episode last week on, on the name and mm-hmm. nicknames and things like that. Yeah. Now, when, when did you start being called Ange? Ange? Yeah. Like... I guess school age at some point, probably closer to high school, I'd say. Yeah? You were always just Angela before that? I think so. Okay. I can't remember a defining moment where I became Ange. I think it was mostly in high school. Maybe my best friend from junior high and high school, her name was Tiana. I think she called me Ange a lot. Okay. I don't know. Everybody, we talked about this in the last episode, but I had... Nicknames by so many people. Mm-hmm. Minnie. Minnie Mouse. Yeah. Nunu. Nunu. Everything but Angela. Stinkweed. Scooby Doo. Squirt. Queenie. I could keep going. Scrawny Spice. Thumbelina. <laughs> that was my nickname in, in elementary school. So Thumbelina, and you hated it. Made I you cry? It. It, it, no, it didn't make me cry, but everyone made fun of me for being so tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me to fourth grade to get hit 50 pounds, so. 
So were you, wait, are you, were you still in a car seat? I was supposed to be. Boy, that's wacky. Yeah, I was tiny. That's, I, I fear for McKinley that she's going to be. I don't know. She's got some little chubby cheeks now. That she does, my friend. She has got chubby cheeks and rolls for days. But on this episode, we're actually going to go back and we're going to recap weeks four through six for you guys. Uh, and just tell you a little bit about what was going on in our lives during that time. We're we're several weeks beyond. Yeah. But we kind of uh, felt like we wanted to go back and just talk about these weeks because the first, you know, six weeks, I guess, if that's the series that we're sort of doing is so, I mean, so much is changing. I mean, mm-hmm. so much continues to change every yeah. day. But we just thought it would be cool to do a first six weeks thing. So this is the part three, I guess, of that. Mm-hmm. So um, we wrote stuff down. Like I've talked about before, Angela's really good about writing stuff down that happened in our lives and what was going on. So we'll just kind of... Uh, I'm kind of the diary keeper of, of, of a sort. sort. Of yeah. But I don't actually keep a diary. Yeah, but you're, you're good at it. You're like the... Yeah. I'm like the sec- the family secretary. <laughs> it's true. Transcriber. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Um, so we're going to take it on back. I take it on back. I don't even really know where to start. We'll just kind of start with some of the things that were happening that uh, Angela started writing down. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, I, since since I got the mic, <laughs> since the mic's in my corner right now, I can share some of the things that were happening in my world during these weeks. Look, this is how I judge things as far as like when stuff happened is. <laughs> legitimately I had to look back through my emails to see what episode I was filming on timeless. And that's how I know what was happening during that time because I was so absent in a way from home life, except mm-hmm. on the weekends uh, that I was just gone all the you time. You had a totally separate world at that point. I really sort of did. And it's really sad. Yeah. But... It was, it was as if we were living in two different places. I mean, we'd sleep I mean... in the same bed at night, but like, your life was completely outside of the four walls of this house. That's pretty true. I, I don't, I mean, let's not make it seem like too overly dramatic. I mean, but it is. Well, we actually wrote some of this stuff down so we yeah. can talk about that. Yeah. So uh, here's some of the stuff that I wrote down just uh, to start with. Um, Angela and the baby came to set and stayed all night with me one night. That was actually the the night before she hit four weeks. So she was... So just entering the four-week phase. So technically at midnight, she was four weeks old <laughs> yeah. when we were on site because it was that Friday night. And so so it counts in our four to six weeks. <laughs> it's true. But we've talked about this a lot in the past that when you're on production, Friday nights tend to be long all-nighters. Long. Basically Saturday morning. They, yeah. We call them fratter days in the business. And that's not a joke. But I drove myself down to set with the baby. And I want to say we came like, what was it, like six or seven o'clock? And I had every intention of leaving to get her in bed by 10 Yeah, because I was following um, a particular sleep schedule at that time. And I think it was sleep by seven or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I don't either. I, I really, I really want to go and do an entire episode. I don't remember off the top of my head, based but on I have sleep it all schedule? written down. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we won't like highlight that or focus on it, but we'll go no. back and talk but about it. But I maintained her schedule. I just did it in your trailer with yeah. her rock and play. And we've talked about before. My trailer is fairly comfortable. I mean, yeah. we, I got a, I got a, you know, there was a big screen TV in there with DirecTV. Angela's able to watch, you know, HD TV or, or TCM or whatever. And the baby came and um, I always love it when they come. I know I've already said this in the podcast, but it feels special. It feels like one of those days where your parents come in for lunch 
it's just a special day. It helps break things up. And um, it's always kind of fun. So they came down. And actually, we got a really fun picture. Uh, and we uh, posted it on. Did we post it on Hello Baby podcast? I know I posted it on my account. I don't know if we did on okay. Hello Baby or not. We'll definitely have to put that on the Hello Baby podcast Instagram if it's not already there. Because it's a fun picture. We're in front of the famous water tower at Paramount. And Angela's there. And I got the baby all swaddled up and... And uh, we, actually, that was kind of like one of the first times I really brought her to set. That was her first visit. Well, oh, that that's right. It was the very first visit. That to was set. her first visit. Took her into the lunchroom area, and um, I say lunchroom, but it's not like a school lunchroom. It's just it's a stage where we had lunch set up. Showed her to everybody, and that was kind of fun. And you know, I've been talking about this baby that I had for the last month, four, you know, yeah, weeks, and so uh, brought her in, and, and she got some some little love. Um, and like I said, she slept in her rock and play in your trailer, which ended up being awesome. We yeah. have the one from Fisher Price. Yeah. Actually, we have two of them. Yeah, now we do. And we love it. Well, I should say she loves it. Yeah. And it's a pretty simple little thing. It's yeah. just literally a rocking seat. I know you can buy them on Amazon. I think you can buy them like pretty much everywhere. Target. Probably. Everywhere. It but. seems like a pretty standard thing. It's but got it's little. fantastic. Yeah. It's got little jingles in it. And she, mm-hmm. at that time, was just loving that thing. So, uh did that. She snoozed. You guys ended up staying until like 3.30 or 4 a.m. when I finally wrapped. Well, yeah, because I woke her up as usual for her dream feed, put her back down. I maintained her schedule. Yeah. So it worked nice. out. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was kind of fun. I got to go back and see them every, I don't know, half hour, 40 minutes or so. When I had a little break from filming, I'd go back to my I trailer. Know, I and ended I'd up see sleeping and... for a while. Yeah. I, yeah, I ended yeah. up sleeping for a good chunk of time. Yeah. While she was. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of lunch times and work, at about this time, it might have even been sooner than this, but Angela and I established, because I, again, didn't really get to see her or the baby much during the week, except at, at late at night uh, when I would come home sometimes, uh, we established a lunchtime FaceTime date mm-hmm. every every day. That's pretty much what we would do. Typically, I'm one of those guys that uh, I get my lunch and I go back to my trailer we typically only only have about 30 minutes to eat. I go back to my trailer, usually just because I need that time to decompress. And So basically you don't fraternize with other people? I, yeah, I don't. I'm way, way too good to talk to anybody during lunchtime. So I retreat back to my trailer. Is that what you did in high school? <laughs> yeah, I ran, I ran back to my did house. You, no, did you go to like your car in high school and eat in your car? I only had a car... Uh, when I was a senior? Did I, no, did I have a parking spot when I, ju- when I was a junior? I don't remember. I think only seniors had parking spots. Uh, bottom line is no, we weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> I don't even remember. Actually, my senior year, I was out of school by roughly lunchtime. I don't think I ate lunch at, at school in my senior year. I was in the work program. Mm. Because I didn't, you know, I had like not that many credits left to get. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much got them all in the morning. And then by the lunchtime hour, I left for a work program, which counted towards, you know, a certain amount of credits. And I, I went to work. I went to Sherwin-Williams, where I mixed paint for a living. I made a, made a great living mixing paint, matching colors. You need your color matched? I can do it. Anyhow, so we do our FaceTime lunch date thing. Uh, actually, there was one day that Angela, I didn't call. And Angela was like pissed off at me for not calling. <laughs> we also established sometime along those two week periods that bath time we FaceTimed you. Yes, yes, you would. And uh actually I FaceTime both you and my mom. Yeah. And it was about it was about this time 
that she actually started really liking the bath. Yes. Because the first several weeks, let me tell you, yes. bath time was not her bag. It was not her jam. But you know what? I figured out what, why that was. Why? It was because we weren't getting the, war- the water hot enough. Our baby does not like warm water. She doesn't like lukewarm. She likes hot. She likes hot everything. Yeah, so we started boiling water and pouring it, pouring it on her and... No. Kidding. But she can't stand to be cold. She can't stand to not have socks on her feet. Like yeah. you were giving her a bath tonight and you picked her up to, to put her PJs down and she screamed because we had the space heater on and you moved her out of the path of the space heater. <laughs> then you put her back down ah! where the space heater was and she was happy, smiling. <laughs> There's, it's all, she's temperature controlled, her, her attitude and personality. You know what it temperament. is? I think it's also though that the first several weeks, everything was just freaked out, right? She's, she's a freshie. She's brand new. She's still like that with temperature though. But now I think she was really starting to understand what the bath was and she was starting to look forward to it and realize that the water actually feels good and the running, the sound of the running water. I think she loved that. And so we just started realizing that, oh my gosh, she's actually really loving bath time. Now it's like a necessary part of her day. Yeah. We have been using the uh, this product called the Pooge, I think. Yeah. In the sink. Mm-hmm. We just do it in our, in our, in our sink. It's P-U-J. It's just like a foldable little portable bathtub. Yeah. And we what we do is like a whole little bath time routine. Maybe we'll talk about it. But we do like, we put the space heater on, make sure it's nice and warm in there and yeah. music and blah, blah, blah. I actually think we should probably maybe do a YouTube video about baby bedtime routine. Yeah. It's a cute idea. Yeah, but we'll have to we'll have to blur it out. Well, we don't have to show like her whole bath experience. We just show <laughs> we, the we like, just won't show her. <laughs> we can show like the setting up of the bath, you know? Yeah. We so. could do that. We could do that. Uh so hey, also during this time, do you remember that huge like eight hour fight scene that I had with a character that I cannot name just yet because that episode is not aired? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like oh you have so many fight scenes. Like every week it was a different huge fight scene. Well, I, I went to work one day. It was just eight hours of the same, same fight scene. Big, long fight scene with a big character. Uh, I really hope you guys will enjoy it. But, uh, and I remember that that happened during this time period. Um, So let's see. I feel like I should go, be going through this stuff and like crossing it out as we go. Um. Oh, gosh. What was going on with you at this time? Well, at this time, you you, you wrote down that you were um, feeling short-tempered. Well, at four weeks is when I first went back to Dr. Berlin uh-huh. for chiropractic. And, and he did the deep tissue on me. Um, the first week I went, it was super painful because I I was experiencing the nerve damage. Obviously, I've talked about that. But he adjusted me, tried to get me back on track. And then I went back, I think at five weeks for my second appointment. And that's when we took McKinley also for her to get adjusted. Do you remember all of this? You didn't actually go with me. No, I couldn't. I was working. Mm-hmm. But we we looked up a lot of information on what yeah. we could find with... Chiropractic. Chi- yeah, babies and chiropractors. It's actually very common. And we wanted her to get adjusted because of all of her gas issues. She was having terrible, terrible gas issues. And I couldn't trace it back to anything that I was eating. I couldn't figure it out. Eventually, we, our pediatrician had us put her on probiotics, and that straightened her out. The 
chiropractic adjustment for a baby, in case any of you guys are wondering, is is literally like two finger presses on certain joints. Like that's very soft. The thought of having a chiropractor work on our four week old baby really scared me. Yeah, I know. I was it like, did. that doesn't seem right. I know it did. I mean, we talked about this for days, whether to, whether or we not did. to get her adjusted. And then I sat there and I watched it and I'm like, really? That's the adjustment? Well, I mean, because we read article after article about yeah. chiropractors and babies. And eventually we ended up on deciding on, yeah, we're going to do it because we read so many overwhelmingly positive articles yeah. on adjusting a baby and how things during birth, delivery, even though Angela didn't deliver the natural way, she had a C-section. Um, how things can just still get contorted and can uh, also doing the chiropractor can help with the breech legs. She had like the breech legs real bad. The Frank breech legs that were very like, she was folded up like a V in, in Angela's stomach or womb or, you know, you, you know, not your stomach. <laughs> so the chiropractor was supposed to be able to help with that and get things kind of moving in the right direction too. So we eventually ended up doing it and it was nothing to worry about. Like you said. No, it really wasn't. The The worst part was that she ended up going to the bathroom, like having a doo-doo in the middle of the, in the middle of the appointment. And I think her diaper leaked. So I, I was like scrambling to get that situated in the middle of her chiropractic adjustment. <laughs> and then afterwards, I got adjusted by the, the, the doctor because she saw a different doctor. And I thought, oh, she's in her car seat. She's going to be totally fine. This is going to be a breeze. No, she screamed the entire appointment. Like... It was so uncomfortable. He's trying to to work on me and give me a deep tissue massage. And he's literally working on me with one hand, the doctor, and swinging her in her car seat with, with his other hand. Literally swinging her and massaging me at the same time. <laughs> it's like this guy's dealt with this before. <laughs> well, he has. No, of course he has. He's like Obviously. one of the most renowned baby... Uh, pregnancy chiropractors in los angeles so he knows what he's doing it didn't even phase him that she was screaming like me i was like in like what's the word that i'm looking for like i was so stressed out like i had such high anxiety because she's screaming i can't relax and i need to be relaxed in order for him to work on me because i've got this nerve damage he's trying to correct and he's swinging her and then he puts her down and then she's screaming. He puts her under my face rest and I'm taking my arm and I'm trying to to rock her while he's working on my back. It was a, it was a disaster. So I started this thing by saying Angela's feeling short-tempered and feeling guilty. And you went right into the chiropractor. And I was wondering why you skipped right over my question. You didn't answer what I was saying. But is that why? Is this why you're, are you going full circle back to saying this is the whole thing? What like? why you wrote that down you were feeling short-tempered and then guilty about it is is that day i mean i'm sure that's one of the days yeah i was going based off of some notes that i had i think that with her gassiness came a lot of frustration for me because she can't it's so hard with a baby because they cry and when you know they're not hungry you know their diapers clean and you know that they're that they're not sleepy but they're screaming it's like it's what the what heck else, else is, is there? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a bellyache. And and then what can you do for that? Other than give them bicycle legs, give them gas drops or probiotics, which by the way, gas drops don't work in my opinion. Um, but what's something that we were doing that we did feel like worked? Gripe water. Yes. But it makes her choke. Well, it's weird. It, it sort of like makes her choke and I feel like it gives her like a soapy mouth. It does give her a soapy mouth. 
I don't understand. What is that? What's in that? Dawn dish detergent? <laughs> like for real? I'm not sure, but it, it never fails. But I mean, she's drooling now so much and blowing her own spit bubbles that it looks like she's co- constantly got that sodium bicarbonate in her mouth. But I, I don't know. I, I think it was a series of, I was exhausted, which leads to short temper. I was in pain, which leads to short temper. I have a newborn baby, which leads to short temper. So all signs were pointing, pointing towards I'm, I'm short fused right now, especially when I'm don't have you around and I'm doing this all by myself, you know? And you felt guilty about it. I felt guilty because I have this like needy little human being who depends on me for literally everything and I'm getting frustrated and short tempered and I'm not frustrated at her. No. But I mean I, you are, but it's not It's more so that I'm frustrated fault. at the way that I feel. <sighs> yeah. Just tired and exhausted and drained and looking for help and there's no one here to help me, you know? Right. So I mean obviously I, I would think that feeling the that frustration is something that is just definitely Common. gonna happen. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah. I'm sure it's it's incredibly common. Or oh my gosh, I mean, it's expected whole, maybe even. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a whole life change. Yeah, I mean, especially with you kind of like having to basically being by yourself at this point. All well, especially family, with breastfeeding too, when you're the only person who can do that. Yeah, and at this point, all family's gone. Uh huh. So it is just you by yourself. I'm working. You're working long like hours. eighty hours a week. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to feel guilty about it though. But I could see why you would feel guilty because it's like. You know, she has no control in a way over everything. And you're the only one with any ounce of control and you're not able to control it. So it makes you feel. Right. Plus, I mean, this whole postpartum thing with the moody blues or whatever you want to call them probably feeds into that as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I bet. I I wonder when hormones and everything start going back to like. I would assume not until you're done breastfeeding, right? Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. Because you're not getting your period, so you're not like right. regularly. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. But anyways, I hope sure. that answered your question. Yeah. Well, it did. I mean, it went, it, yeah, it went back. So I'll cross that off the list. Uh, well, and something else that sort of leads into the uh, the short temperedness, though, is that at this time, the baby is just not napping. Mm-mm. She's not napping and she's she's just still grunting a lot. All night long. All night long. So, so at night she's just grunting. You're yeah. Not, you're not getting great sleep. She's sleeping great, but she's grunting, which is keeping me from sleeping because I'm constantly checking on her, even though I have the outlet on her foot, you well, know? You have to wonder though, if she's grunting all night long like that, is she really sleeping well? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So at five weeks is when we actually moved her to her nursery because yeah. of the grunting. Yeah. And- we felt confident in doing that because A, we have the outlet on our foot with the base station next to my head. So the second that it goes off. For anyone who doesn't know, I think we might've already said this actually, but the outlet goes on her foot. It straps on underneath her sock. It takes a uh, oxygen rating and a pulse rating. Yes. So you can constantly monitor her. Of course, we have a camera monitor also. That was the other thing that we have on her constantly. Yeah. And also we share a wall with her. Like- yeah. It's just a few footsteps and we're to her. So it's not it's not a huge difference in in getting to her, whether she's at, across our bedroom or in her own bedroom because yeah. of the way our the house is set up. Yeah. But it does make a difference for sound for, for my purposes mm-hmm. 
because I can actually sleep and not listen to her grunt all night long, but I can also, but I can hear the second that she cries. Now you were sort of feeling guilty about that switch into her room. Though. I 100% was because so many people I talked to said, said that they didn't move their baby out of their bedroom until like three months and wow, or even longer, some six months, especially nursing mothers. But I just six months, basically in a bassinet. Yeah. Right. Right. I just couldn't get any sleep. I yeah. had to do something had to change because you you weren't here during the day or even sometimes at night. And I, I just wasn't getting any rest because she wasn't napping. So they say sleep when the baby sleeps, but when she's a horrible napper mm-hmm. and then she's grunting all night, what do yeah. you do? Right. So And I didn't have any problem with moving her into her own room. I mean I think Angela and I I would like to think we're pretty good parents, um, as much as we can be. Mm-hmm you know, as much as we know how to be, I should say. And um, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, we're, we're keeping close monitor on her. We're making sure everything is safe. If it helps us, helping us helps her in the long run, right? If we get sleep, you get sleep, you know, you're able to more deal with her during the daytime and, and do what you need to do and feel better about yourself and better about physically better. Yeah. Look, you get sleep. I, I don't feel like we need to defend ourselves for any anything decisions that we've made, you know, such as moving her into our own room, because plenty of parents before us, even right now, alongside of us do the exact same thing. Some people put their babies in their own rooms from the time they come home from the hospital. It's just whatever works for you. And at that time, I kind of felt like I was out of options. And that was the only thing that could work for me. Yeah. All right, guys, while we're on the topic of sleep. I want to talk to you really quickly about mattresses. Talk to us. Because let's be honest, as new parents, am I right, babe? Sleep is so important. Sleep is important whether you're a new parent or not. I mean, you spend a third of your life sleeping, right? So you kind of need to be comfortable. Right. But I mean, it's just even more important, I feel (laughs) like, when you're not getting it. Um, So I want to talk to you really quickly about Casper mattresses. Casper offers several different types of mattresses. They have the original Casper mattress, and they also offer two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential. The Essential has a streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. Ha-ha. Yes, very funny. Okay, well, all Casper mattresses are designed developed and assembled in the u.s they have hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied and there's free shipping and returns in the u.s and in canada yep and you can be sure of your purchase with casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial which is cool because you know you're gonna like it and if you don't you can take it back you have 100 nights pretty darn cool all right y'all get 50 dollars towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com baby and using promo code baby at checkout terms and conditions do apply though Woohoo. All right. Let's get back to it. Let's do it. All right. Also, you had some postpartum rash going on on your face. Yes. What was up with that? I was struggling with it, and then I finally went to the dermatologist, and they said it was rosacea. I've never had rosacea before in my life. I thought it was hormonal. He said it's not hormonal. It has to do with my heritage. Your heritage? Yes. The European blood in me. What? Yeah, that's what he said. So he put what, me like, on a prescription that is topical and it's safe for breastfeeding mothers. And what is so. it, like all Europeans get rashes on their face? Come on. No, I mean, he he pinpointed it to Greek heritage. So, I don't know. Huh. This particular type of dermatitis. I didn't see that in my big fat Greek wedding. Uh-huh. You love that movie, don't you? I do actually love it. So do you. 
<laughs> I do. So wait, how did that how did, how did it go away then? He put me on a topical cream. And it it's worked. called cilantro. It took a it took cilantro. Cilantro. <laughs> you just dice it up, pop it in. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. spread a little bit on some mm-hmm. fish tacos. Yep. Um. No, it's a topical cream, and it it's nursing safe. It took like ten days or so before I started to see a difference. So, but it, it's cleared up now. But man, it went away. Huh? Yeah. Hey, let's take a little uh, shift into some some like funnier things. Some lighter things mm-hmm. that happened during this time. I feel like we've kind of been talking about some, I don't know, not fun stuff. Let's talk about some fun stuff that happened. Well, number one, the first real, actual good smile mm-hmm. really came in about five weeks. I have photographic evidence. No, that that was the first, first time? You really think that was the first time? I think it was. No, look, I think that she smiled before that sort of maybe like one cheek would go up but we also sort of feel like her face muscles were starting to work she was figuring out face muscles and there's a difference between figuring out face muscles and kind of curling of a lip and then a full-on reactive full smile Mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about happened Uh uh-huh full-on reactive full smile yeah yeah I believe the photo that I have is exactly the first, the first time. And that was at five weeks. She smiled the first time at five weeks. And she was sitting in her little four moms. The Mama Roo. Ele- Mama Roo. Mm-hmm. Electronic uh, bouncer thingamajig. And mm-hmm. I guess she liked it. She was feeling it. She was feeling it at that moment. She's wearing her little love outfit in, in preparation for Valentine's Day. You know? she, she decided to crack one out. It was so cute. And it has not and stopped since. And it spread since. across her entire face. It was a huge smile. <laughs> oh, man. We've got so many great, like, full-on gummy smiles now uh, on, our, on our phone. It's pretty amazing. What are we going to do when the, the smiles aren't gummy anymore? Oh, uh, we're going to cry. I know. I love her little gummy smiles. We're going to cry and we're going to pull that little tooth out just to get it gummy again. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so another thing that she, uh, this is a great story. I was at work. You text me, mm-hmm. and you said your daughter just vomited in my mouth. Okay, so what had <laughs> happened was I had her facing me, talking to her, and she's blowing spit bubbles. You know, going, let me do that better. Like you know, like but okay. not making the sound, like just blowing spit bubbles. Yeah. And as she's blowing spit bubbles, she spits up. So she's blowing spit bubbles while the spit up comes out of her mouth, and she projectiles it into <laughs> my mouth. So it's it's. It's regurgitated breast milk. Yeah, so I, I have my own breast milk in my mouth. That is so sick. It's just disgusting. Wait, why were you so close to her face? Like, what were you holding her? Yeah, like, like, like this, you know, like face, to, like face to face, but she's like on my knee or whatever, and I'm talking to her. Okay, you gotcha. You know, you do it all the time. No, no, of course. I was just trying to picture the uh, scenario. Yeah. Wow. So. So in a way, you have tasted your own breast milk. Yeah, but it had already been digested, so. Sick. Sick. Cross that one off the list. Let's move on. <laughs> um, you getting flustered over there? Yeah. Hey. That's uh, Let's see. I don't want to jump ahead here, but you started wearing a corset at this time. I did. That's not a funny detail. No, it's not. But well, because the next funny thing uh, is maybe in the next week or something. Tell me about this corset real quick. Okay. I, I want to know about the corset. So I started wearing a corset. I bought two, um, both from Amazon. And 
I can't remember the first brand, but the second brand I bought was Belfit. And it's specifically made, it's like a medical grade for C-section, but they make it for, you know, regular deliveries as well. But it's like the, what, hook and eye? And it goes all the way up to like basically my rib cage. You've seen me put it on. Yes. It's hardcore. Yeah. Now this is for what? It's basically to kind of like protect your incision, put things back to where they were, were originally, you know, kind of suck you in, hold you in. I call it a waist trainer, but then when you read the website, it says it's technically not for waist training, but I feel like it totally is. That's just my own personal opinion. Um, but Belfit then sent me a box of corsets after I bought my initial one, which was so nice of them. And I just really love the product. I think that anybody who is pregnant or knows somebody who's pregnant, it's a great gift to get somebody because it just really helps to like put everything back into place after you deliver. But Okay, first of all, you said helps protect your incision, but it's not just for C-section patients. It's the one that for... I have is, but oh. it's, it's specialty for oh, wow. C-section. But no, they, they make them for regular deliveries as well. Because I assume that the way that it's built is like, it's got the right, what should I say? Um, like support and structure mm-hmm. in certain areas. Yes. Like, interesting. So and, it, it'll it'll protect your incision area. Yeah. So from what I've read, like you can start wearing this as soon as you come home from the hospital, basically. But I, I got mine late. I got, I started wearing mine about like four, I think like four and a half, five weeks. And this is not, it's for vanity, I guess. But what you're saying is that it not actually, really. that, it, that it actually helps you get your muscles and, and everything back in the right place. Yeah. I don't consider it for vanity at all because my doctor gave me a corset in the in the oh. hospital, that white thing, that oh. white waistband. Right. But it, it didn't it didn't fit like a pair of underwear. It was just like a waist like wrap with elastic. And you just put it on as tight as you can. And honestly, I felt so much better when I was wearing something around my waist because I felt like my like physically incision you was, felt better. Oh, a hundred percent. Huh. It felt like it was being protected. I felt like I had better posture. Mm-hmm. Because like when you have an incision somewhere I don't know about you, but me, I tend to hunch over if, if it's in my abdomen. Just in a protective way. Yeah. Yeah. But when yeah. you have that around you, it's like, oh, I, I have that protection. I can sit upright. I can walk upright and I don't have to like hunch over and protect it anymore. Yeah. So. Now, when you were wearing this corset, did you feel like you were gassy and burpy? No. Because. I know, I know what you're going to say. And no. There's a certain female actress <laughs> that I know that has worn corsets uh-huh. that tells me that they are not good for the digestive system. I didn't that find that to be the case. Very burpy, belchy, gassy. And when they wear corsets and they eat Mediterranean food and we're in a small enclosed time machine and they burp, it's not fun for everybody. And then we laugh and she apologizes. I mean, and blames it on the corset. To be honest, every time I eat Mediterranean food, I get those burps as well. So I don't <laughs> think that it has anything to do with the corset. I think it has possibly well, to do with the spices. Well, just look, saying. All last year and this year, she blames it on the corset. So okay, I, I will. I will believe that. Um, let's go back to the. Well, look, since we're talking about the food stuff, we had Indian food one night. Yeah, we did, and. The poor baby. This was when, this is at six weeks, I specifically remember because your dad was in town. Well, now, now first of all, if I remember correctly, they got our food wrong this time. We had, they did. We had the Indian food delivered in, and it was, we always get it mild, but they made it like spicy as heck this night. I mean, it was, 
it was unbearable. We had to throw it away, actually. We didn't even want the leftovers because it was so spicy. It's like eyes pouring down your face spicy. Yeah. You 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 ate a little bit of it. Yep. And then turns out the next day, oh, boy, man. did we learn our lesson because this poor kid. Well, she was so fussy, like, come late morning. And we had this for dinner the night before. Well, listen, wait, wait. Just to pause, though, she's been doing the morning fussiness thing. This, oh, is, some, this is just one of her... One of her characteristics at this time. She peaked very, at six weeks with that. Very fussy every morning. She peaked at six weeks. And it was, she'd be okay when she woke up. But then after I nursed her, so like if I'm waking her up at seven, nursing her, then come to be about eight o'clock, between the eight and 8.30 period is when she would just start screaming. Yeah. And in hindsight now, I believe that to be because she was ready to go back down for a nap. But again, bad little miss bad napper mm-hmm. fights it and yep. instead will scream as opposed to just going to sleep. So my and my mom says that there's some babies who do need to scream when they're tired because that's their way of, of working up themselves to, to be tired. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what it was. But man, that week was brutal. And I felt so bad for your dad being here. I know. He had to deal with the morning fussiness every and he time. he hasn't seen her since. And she doesn't do that anymore. We would basically wake up, say hi to her, bring her downstairs and say, here, grandpa. And she would start fussing. She'd scream. I know. She'd scream for him. I and know. I felt so bad. So, but back to this. this. So the morning fussiness that morning wasn't out of the ordinary, but it right. really peaked around lunchtime. Yeah. And it got really bad. And you weren't here that day. And I I remember texting you and saying, we're really having a day today. And I, I couldn't figure it out. And your dad, I remember, was just like, wow. Like it was like mm-hmm. the the fussiness was at an all-time high. And then it dawned on me after about three dirty diapers, one of which was like a massive blowout. It was the Indian food. Yeah. I like mean, it she's was been, so she was, spicy she was, and it was curry. She was gassy. She had like three poopy diapers. She had a huge blowout. Yeah. Like it was, it was bad. Felt the, terrible for her. The one thing that is, and I don't know if we've talked about this in the prior episodes or not because I can't remember, but during this period, this four to six pe- week period, her hiccups were awful. She was getting them at least two to three times a day. She she still does. She's a hiccupper. Not, not as much as she did. You're right. But during that time, I mean, and you would get so mad at her hiccups for her. Oh, I was frustrated with those mean hiccups. Because they, they get so bad that they literally take her breath away. Yeah, and she doesn't know what's going on and you just feel and bad she's for just her. So, and she gets so flustered. It's awful. Yeah. Awful. And you just want to help her and there's nothing you can do. And now, though, I found that the trick is whenever she gets hiccups, no matter where we're at in the day, I'll just nurse her for a couple of minutes. And within usually like 30 to 60 seconds, they're gone. Breast milk heals all. It really does. Breast milk heals pink eye, heals scrapes and wounds. Heals a bad case of the shots when she's go get her shotties. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets a shot, stick a boob in her mouth, she's okay. We should talk about that on the podcast too, immunizations. Oh, Yikes. Yeah. yeah. That's a big doozy. It is. Um. Hey, Um. we started doing <laughs> a sleep suit at six weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, a sleep suit essentially looks like a snowsuit. A snowsuit. Mm-hmm. You guys know that scene from A Christmas Story when the younger brother gets uh, all wrapped up and he's ready to go out and he just kind of waddles out there? That's like pretty much what she looks like. <laughs> now, you had a friend recommend this thing to you. What It's literally called the magic sleep suit. 
Yeah, you're right. My friend Amy Havens, she's a Dallas wardrobe yeah. blogger. Um, I saw it on, I believe I saw it on her Insta stories because her little, her, her baby boy, Ralph was wearing it. And I reached out to her because she was saying that he was not, I think he didn't like swaddling and baby girl rolled over at six weeks at the doctor's office. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Her six week appointment. Yep. That's Literally true. rolled over from belly to back. Yeah. In the doctor's office. And the doctor looked at us and was like, did you just see that? And neither one of us were like, could believe it because we'd never seen her do anything like that right. before. But she did it right in front of her eyes. And that was my first indication that it was time to, to pull her out of a swaddle because she's rolling. She didn't seem to ever really like swaddles. Like the first week yeah. in the hospital, maybe. But after that, she just never seemed to like swaddle. I think looking back on it, I think that's why she was all doing all this grunting. I think so too. Because she was more or less... I think so too. down with a, like a strape jacket in her I swaddle. have never seen a baby hate something so much as ours hates swaddles. Yeah. She, because she sleeps in the snoo and they have the swaddle that zips into it and it zips all the way up to her neck. And I mean, like it's tight around the neck, not like, you know, confined, like not in a dangerous way, but like a collar. Mm-hmm. And every like morning we would wet. go in to pick her up out of the snoo, to unzip her and her fingers would be between the collar and her neck. Yeah. And that's after her arms are Velcroed down. She would maneuver her arms out of the Velcro wrap, then through the collar of, that's two layers. She would work her hands up. She yeah. she truly hates her arms being strapped down or being confined. The only hates it. problem with that was for a while there, she was startling herself because she wasn't. Like Look, when, when we didn't have her strapped in, she would startle herself and wake herself up. Well, that's where the magic sleep suit comes into play. Right. It's it's insulated because it weights their arms down so that when they startle, it weights them enough so that it doesn't jerk enough to wake them up. Like, I'll see her still startle on the monitor all the time, mm-hmm. but it's never enough that it actually seems to wake her up. It's almost like, um, yeah, it is a thick, like, insulated suit, but it's also supposed to keep them... Uh, regulated both warm and cool. Yeah. You know, so they don't get uh, too cold or too hot, actually. Yeah. And um, it's been working. I mean, it seems to work pretty good so far. The very first night that we did the magic sleep suit, along with some other techniques that I learned from Cherish the First Six Weeks and Moms on Call, which I'll share all of this yeah. when we do a sleep training it's episode. Whiskey. No, it's not. But... <laughs> Anyways, the very first night that we introduced the sleep suit, along with some a couple of changes... She had her first 12 hour night sleep. So, what, what, what? Yeah. Y'all hear that? It was a game changer for us. Our night. Boom. So, but be careful with that because just because it worked for us doesn't mean it's going to work for every other baby. You know what I mean? No, totally. Look, we, I want to do a podcast all on the sleep training. Yeah. Because, you know, if it could be beneficial to anyone, we should tell everyone. There is definitely going to be people that it's going to be beneficial yeah. for because it changed our lives. Yes, and she's sleeping very well. And when I say sleep training, I don't mean like the cry it out stuff. We've never really put that into no. effect. This is like literally just scheduling. Scheduling. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, scheduling. So anyways, uh, moving on. Hey, uh, a couple other. <laughs> I have this written down here. At six weeks, there are a couple of marks that you hit. Some things that you can do again uh number one take plus, a bath uh, yes take a bath <laughs> you, uh, that's not what you're gonna say you can take 
You can take a bath. Uh-huh. You can submerge yourself. You can get in the hot tub, which Angela loves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, another little tiny one is you can have sex again. So, uh, uh, and then also, do you, you want to get... do you want to hover on that for a second, or do you just want to <laughs> move o- move on along and let people think about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah. no, but you personally, is there anything that you would like to add to that that we're finally able to have sex after six weeks? I think that speaks for itself, does it not? Not really, because I mean, I have an incision all across my abdomen. Well, look, we don't really want to get into our personal sex lives here, but this is what I'll say. The six-week mark, when you think it's going to be all great because, you know, you're finally able to do normal things again and, you know, regular life, uh, it was a little scary. You're right. Uh, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt her. She's got incisions. Like a rag doll? Yeah, well, no, not a rag doll. You've got, you've got incisions in your belly. You, you were cut open. Yeah. You know, your insides were exposed to the outside world. Uh-huh. Uh, you're healing. And, uh, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be delicate and, and careful with that. Look, thinking of you having an incision, having your, it, it turns my stomach. <laughs> I mean, not just you, just the thought of someone cutting open your entire belly literally turns my stomach. So the thought of being rough on, on that part, I'm talking about literally on the incision guys here. Don't be pervs. <laughs> Being rough on the incision or, or like an, a wound site mm-hmm. ugh, flips my belly. Well, so. so at six weeks, I went to the doctor to have my six-week appointment with um, my OB. And she looked at the incision. And that's when you get the okay to begin normal things like taking a bath and having sex and, you know, work out. And she said my incision looked really good. But I was having areas where... I kept seeing white pop out of my incision. A couple tiny, yeah. Yeah, and it turned out that my dissolvable stitches were actually being pushed out by my body. Like they weren't dissolving. No, but the weird thing is they'd push out, then the next day they'd be gone. But it kept happening, and it kept, and my because of that, my incision kept draining. And this but, is beyond six weeks. But, like, just, but, but small amounts. Let me just clarify. Very tiny, small amounts. Yeah, but at six weeks, you would think that that wouldn't be happening any any longer. Right, but you, when you say my incision was draining, I just don't want to give people the idea that like you're leaking fluids out of your no, stomach. No, it's not like no, that. it was like um, spots on your shirt or your underwear or something. Yeah, like, like right across the the waistband of my underwear, I was getting yellow. Yeah, drip marks, and I actually had a scheduled appointment that week with my dermatologist, anyways, and he took a look at it, and he gave me this. What would you call it? It's just a strip. It's a of it, silicone. Yeah. It's like a sticky silicone, mm-hmm. and he, he he has me wearing that now, day and night. I just take it off to shower, and that's what protects my incision now. As and it's really keeping those um, stitches from popping out now. And it helps heal it. It does. Yeah. It just keeps everything really secure, and it's supposed to really reduce the scarring. One other thing that you can do now is get a massage, <laughs> and you did. I do every week because of the nerve damage. Now, tell me about one of these first massages back. Gosh. Was it a normal massage? Did anything interesting happen Mm. during this massage? I think I started getting my first massages at around four or five weeks. I can't remember now in hindsight. But at six weeks, I was getting my massage, and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Because this is before McKinley started sleeping through the night. Right. I am face down. 
Okay. I'm on the edge of my seat here. What's going on? What's, what happened? And I doze off. Yeah. And I tooted and woke myself up. <laughs> what? Yes. Angela tooted during her massage. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and I just acted like it no. didn't happen. Oh, that's even worse. Because I was asleep. And so I don't know if he thought I was still asleep the entire time. You played it off like you were dead. It wasn't like a loud one. It was a, it was a puff of air one. <laughs> you know? Did he hear it? I don't know because you, I was face down. What's your what's your best guess? I really don't know. I I mean, I heard what, what I heard it but say? I I don't know if I just thought I heard it because I was sleeping. I I don't know. I just don't know. What does your gut tell you that he knows? Yeah. Yeah. But I it, now it's been a while, so it makes me wonder if he even remembers because I would have to imagine that people do that all the time in massages. You know, that's an interesting point, but I hate to break it to you. I, I bet he hasn't forgotten. Why'd you have to say that? Now, let me just take this because one step Because I have a standing further. appointment with him every week, and now I'm going to go back and like be scared because I, I convinced myself that he forgot. Now, let me just take it a little step further here. Now, there there were no should we say evidence of the so-called toot afterwards was there You're not, like crapping my pants no and i'm talking about like a smell in the room oh no <laughs> okay. not that i can i i didn't notice it okay and i would have definitely noticed it because i was on high alert because it woke me up well i don't know you were face down you had your head in the little uh horseshoe that's thing true i mean what if it I... it might have been all up where he was at <sighs> you're just making this worse well, anyway, moving on. So one thing I actually wanted to do on this episode before we uh, ended was, well, we got a few things to do actually before we end. But dads at this point, we don't have much to really go on. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't have, we don't feed them. Well, know, unless they're formula fed. You just kind of wonder. Or bottle fed. You just kind of wonder if you're connecting with your baby. So Angela actually found this cool little article and it was on what, like babycenter.com or something like that? Yeah, I still get their emails. Or so I, I did at that time. The article is seven signs that your baby loves you. And so I'm going to I'm gonna list these seven here. She stares into your eyes. I would say check on that. Yeah. I feel like she studies my face pretty good at this point, four to six weeks. I mean, now, because like I said, we're recording this uh, past. She definitely does. But four to six weeks, I think I was getting some good stares, some good looks. Um, she recognizes your smell. That, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Maybe. Maybe not. I, what I do, I, I like her smell. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way she smells. Her dirty little scalp. Yeah. But now this one, the the, the uh, example that they give is talking about smelling the mom. The breast milk. And the breast milk. Yeah. Even a one-week-old will turn his head towards a breast pad soaked with his mother's milk. That's pretty cool. She smiles at you. So definitely she smiles, like we just talked about, five ways, getting good smiles. Mm -hmm. That's her way of saying I love you because mm -hmm. she can't say it. Uh, she talks to you. She talks um, all the time. She goes like, Goo. She does. Now, was she doing this at four to six weeks, though? I can't remember. Not really. But she does now. No, not really. She doesn't. Uh, let's see. She wants you around. She's not happy with your absence. Uh, she might scrunch her face or cry when you step out of the room. I don't know. Maybe not really to me. Maybe to you. She does that to me all the time. Does she? I mean, 
she she'll be on the changing pad, especially now. But even I, I feel like even like at six weeks, she'd be on the changing pad, and I would I would buckle her on and step into her closet to pull out an outfit or whatever, and she'd start hollering, and I'd have to go and like get in her line of vision, and say I'm here, I'm right here, it's okay, for her to calm down. I feel like more and more she's liking the changing table pad. She loves that changing. Like pad. when when she sits there, it's it's almost weird. Like she starts smiling. Mm-hmm. She at first when she was a baby, 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 she didn't like being changed. But now it's almost like she likes it. Like she knows she's getting a fresh diaper and clothes or something, and she just sits there and smiles. I think and... it's the angle of the room too. I think she Maybe. likes. It, we're talking about the one in her bedroom. Yeah. Although the one downstairs, she, she likes too because she can too. she can see out the windows. I think. I'm, no, I'm telling you, I think she knows something about. She's getting a fresh, fresh pair. Diaper. Yeah, a pair of underwear. Some dipes and wipes. Some some dunkaroos, not dunkaroos. What is it? Uh, dungaroos. Dungaroos is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Dunkaroos are what the little? They're cookies. <laughs> They're cookies that you dunk in the little. But icing. dungaroos with the G is jeans. Gotcha. Okay. Um, he or she shares your interests. Uh huh. What does that even mean? My, not 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 then, but now but she now, does. But now, so we don't. I can't really talk about it for this four to six week. But yeah. now she does. I mean. This little girl loves putting up Halloween decorations. <laughs> she loves kidding. editing podcasts, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, let's see. Also, last thing, she uses you as a human shield. Now, she's too young. Even now, she's too young to really yeah, do that's, that with that's us. more like... Six months, nine six, months. Yeah, I was going to say beyond six a months. A year, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one's that one's in the future. But the staring thing is definite. You know, that, sure. that started... Really young. Well, and I can say that I'm actually really looking forward to her using me as a human shield because I feel like that's going to make me feel like she really, like, it feels safe and protected <laughs> with me. Okay. Hey, let's move on to some listener, listener feedback. feedback. Q&A. Is it feedback or Q&A? Well, it's both. Okay. All right, Miss Angela, what you got for... Q&As. Hit me. All right. So first question is off of Instagram DMs, which by the way, guys, this is the first, the best way in my opinion to submit questions is through Hello Baby Podcast's Instagram page, but through the DMs because that way we can keep track of what's coming in. So it's at Hello Baby Podcast. Yeah. Follow us. So this one is from Hadassah's 13 and it is, hi guys, totally random question for you both. How do you guys react to people wanting to hold McKinley? I've met parents who don't mind and others who totally do. I love listening to the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us. Lots of love from South Africa. First of all, that's so cool. Oh, wow. Somebody's listening to us from South Africa. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, first of all, thanks for your question. For me, I think, well, firstly, I've been surprised at how intuitive people seem to be about not always just saying like, can I hold her? Can I hold her? Like people seem to be really like aware mm-hmm. and in tune with that, I that agree they with like that. a lot of times they probably shouldn't. Um, I, I don't... also feel like there's a lot of people who have it, who have been that they come close and they look at her, but they don't touch her. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I do too. Yeah. Cause I don't want somebody touching her hand that she's going to turn around and put in her mouth Yeah, or touching her face. The flu has just been so rampant this, this year. It's yeah. And I, yeah, it's been a real, real bad. And it's also one of those things, though, where if they are going to touch her, if it is someone that we know, you know, really well or day to day, I always just appreciate when someone washes their hands. I find myself washing my hands all the time. What do you mean you you appreciate? You tell them to. Well, sometimes I will. 
Yeah, for sure. You just straight say, will you please wash your hands? Well, because why not, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. So we haven't had to tell anybody, no, they can't hold her. But no. But you have definitely asked people to, to wash their hands. I have, yes. So, and I appreciate that about you. Okay, so next question is from Courtney underscore plans 2317. I love hearing about how you named your sweet girl. My husband and I used family names for our daughter, Kaylin May. So Kaylin is one name and then May, M-A-E. Kay was my mom's mom. Lynn was my mom's sister. And May was my great-grandmother's middle name. So I wanted to name her Essie May, but my husband was a lot like Matt and thought she would get picked on. My question for y'all is, with all the family talk, have either of you ever researched your ancestry? I definitely have. Your dad is very much into ancestry. But we didn't have to do that because we knew these were people who were actually in our lives. But I did actually, that's not true. I went back and looked at my family tree for, for boys' names. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to share them because I think I've, I found some like really cool names in, in my family tree. Yeah. I, I also dug a little bit with yours, but I kind of feel like we picked the best names for McKinley already on your family tree. Unless we want to go back to Dick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've definitely looked at the family trees. Angela's kind of into the ancestry stuff anyway. My dad is really into ancestry, so we already have tapped that source. He's like basically like a genealogist. Yes, sorts. my dad is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so next question is from KC underscore S. Just listen to the episode about McKinley's name. Love how you picked out her name. Here are a few names I, I've come across. Are you ready for it, this? Wait, is it, it, these are, oh, so these are real names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number one, I worked at a homeschool call center in college and rolled a little boy named Dusty Button. <laughs> Dusty Button. All right. Number two, went to college with sisters, Ginger Fields and Cinnamon Fields. Come on. Cinnamon Fields, if you are out there listening, give us a shout out. We want to hear from you. How's your life going? <laughs> Number three, my mom is a nurse in the NICU and told me that a patient there had twins and was contemplating naming boy number one, Pete. And boy number two, repeat, because he was the repeat of his brother. Come on. That's out of a movie or something. And the nurses begged her not to. Come on. My mom used to call my best friend growing up, Ashley, her and I Pete and repeat all the time. That's ridiculous. That, not, but, not not that story. Because it was just funny. But who, who would name their kid repeat? I don't know. Come on. I don't know. Okay. Next one is from Bailey Boggin one how did you decide on how to decorate McKinley's room? I know y'all talked about it in Hello Bump, but wasn't sure how y'all got everything together and decided on what colors to do, the type of crib and all of that. I don't know. I mean, we, first of all, hey, thanks for your question. Thanks for listening. Um, I don't know. I actually, I we both like, a lot of our house is sort of like whitish neutral gray anyway. So we kind of wanted to stick with that grayish theme. We were going to do like one huge accent wall in like possibly all wood paneling, but we had a, a guy come out and it was like thousands of dollars. It was ridiculous. But then we were going to do it in all wallpaper and then decided that would be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Then we were going to do like grass cloth and then... It's very expensive. Yeah, and then we were... I don't know. We went... Angela stressed big time. I about, cried over wallpaper. She really did about what to do in the nursery. And then, I don't know. We just decided to... Keep it gray and neutral and, yeah. you know, include some subtle pinks and stuff like that. And yeah. then we sort of have like a small lamb theme going, which 
really wasn't planned. It no, just sort of happened. But I and love lambs, and, I, and I they just remember the cute. Bible, yeah. you know, Jesus with his lambs. Yeah, so we've kind of got like a gray, pink, uh, lamb Lammy. thing going. And if you guys haven't seen, very neutral. Yeah, if you haven't seen the photos, you can you can go to uh, just type in like Angela Lanter, Matt Lanter Nursery. I would consider it more of a blush and neutral. Yeah. Nursery. Soft pink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll see all the photos on there. And we've probably posted on Hello Bump, or I'm sorry, Hello Baby Podcast Instagram, right? I think so. I need to post again, though, okay. of the nursery. Yeah, we'll do a little like um, cartwheel thing or whatever Just you call it. a little reminder. Yeah. So this is more of a statement versus a question, but I think it's interesting, so I'd like to read this. It's also from Instagram. It's from This Is Bambi. Hello, Angela and Matt. I must say I loved the new episode. I thought it was so cool to learn about the history of McKinley's name. When I first read the name, I was not too sure about it, but the first time I heard Angela say the name, I fell for it. And its story makes it even more unique. I'm from Germany, and naming a kid is even harder here. Especially English-pronounced names are often not seen as appropriate and associated with very low social standing. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I really want an English name later for my child, but it'll be so hard to find one. By the way, Saskia, S-A-S-K-I-A, is, uh-huh. that, is that how you pronounce that? Saskia? Sounds like it. Is a very common name here in Germany. Did we say something about Saskia, or did we... Was there something that we mentioned Saskia and she's commenting on that? It must, she must be, yeah. Or maybe she's just telling us what the common, common name is name? in Germany. I can't, yeah, I don't know. But isn't that interesting? Yeah, English names are lower class, huh? Yeah. So all like the Daves and the Georges are like, <laughs> people, they get, they get shat on. They're considered low income. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So. Okay, so now we're moving over to Twitter. Twitter. Which, guys, again. Hello Baby Pod. Please send us DMs on Instagram because we can keep track of them easier. But this one's from... At MG Circles, they wanted to know which childhood childhood cartoon, show, or movie are you each looking forward to watching with her when she's a bit older? MG Circles. Thanks for your your feedback and your question. For me, I don't know if there's one. It's just Disney movies. I have several that what? I can think of. What? The Land Before Time. Okay. Brave Little Toaster. Okay. Oliver and Company. Wow. Those are some of my favorites. Yeah. I would say Aladdin or Lion King, although Lion King is so sad. So, so not the direction I thought you were going to go. What what direction did you think I was going to go? I thought you were going to go Charlie Brown Christmas or Halloween. Oh, the, you know what? The Charlie Browns are great too, but you know, it's weird though, because she's a girl, I'm a boy, stuff that I liked, she probably won't like. I disagree with that. You and I very much share the same taste in- Teenage in Mutant Ninja Turtles and, and X-Men? Stuff. Well, I watched- I watched the Turtles all the time, and I watched Batman cartoon all the time, and I watched Inspector Gadget. Yeah, Inspector Gadget, that was cool. I mean, like, there's a lot Tailspin of cartoons. Tailspin was great. Oh, I love Tailspin. DuckTales. DuckTales, You know, yep. we need to find all this stuff. For Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears. Bouncing, bouncing here, here and there and, there and everywhere. We are the Gummy Bears. We are the Gummy Bears. It's true, yeah. But, I mean, like, we really share. Do you remember the little gnome cartoon that was on Nick Jr.? It was gnomes? Yeah, I think so, actually. I loved that one. Okay, so I have quite a few that I will. I am like very excited yeah. to show her that I'm going to have to you buy know, on Blu-ray or something. You know what I am excited to show her? The Magic School Bus. You love that cartoon. I don't I don't know why. I just do. And they rebooted it, too. And the, re- the reboot is not as good. It's because the teacher's different. Well, the teacher's different, and... The graphics are so fresh. Yeah, it's just not nostalgic. We used to watch it in school, like second, third grade. Did you really? Not the magic school bus. Wink, wink. You know. 
You always do that. <laughs> quack, quack. It's the, ho- it's the horn. It's the I bus's horn. I know it horn. is, but you always do that. Because the bus is a character, you know? Oh. You know what else I'm really excited to show her, which this isn't a cartoon, but it's something I love? The Muppets. Mm-hmm. You know I love the Muppets. You do. We actually, from time to time, watch the Muppet movies for Angela, especially at Christmas. We watch the Muppet Christmas movies. You still just haven't gotten into them like me. I, I, I like them. I like them. I just feel like maybe I just didn't grow up to the extent that you loved them. I mean, I, I remember seeing Muppet Babies and stuff on like Saturdays and whatnot, but I guess I just didn't, I wasn't as into them as you were. Guys, tweet us, tweet me, and let me know who your favorite Muppet is, because I love the Muppets. I'm a Pepe girl. Okay. I love Pepe. Okay. He's a giant prawn. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, this one is from at Val underscore Capone. I like what she did there. Yeah. Val Capone. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something, oh, but maybe that's really maybe her, that's name. her name. I, it just dawned on me. Okay. What is something you learned as new parents that you wish someone would have told you? Maybe it's Al's daughter. Time? Maybe. Something, uh, by the way, Val, thanks for the question. Something, so what was, what's that again? What is something you learned as new parents that you wish someone would have mm-hmm. told you about ahead of time? <sighs> that I wish someone would have told me about ahead of time. Gosh. There's so many different things. Well, I guess. If I'm talking about a particular product that I wish somebody would have told me about, PJs and the zip from the bottoms up, Mm -hmm. that is the best invention ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's kind of harder than you think to answer that because A, every baby is different. So I wouldn't necessarily expect someone to tell me everything about our baby and our kid and like how how it's gonna go with her um but i also feel like we did a lot of research and by research i just mean watching youtube videos and hearing other accounts and experiences and stuff like that uh man something i wish somebody would have told us i don't know i don't know i i I remember treating her so delicately the first several weeks and she probably actually didn't even need to be because i think they're they're more like more resilient but you know i even even i wouldn't go back and change it i still would have treated her delicately just because she was a tiny little baby but I don't know, that was a stupid answer i don't even i really don't know i'm not sure how about how tired you would be but you know what i actually feel like first of all every single parent that is exactly what they say you're going to be so tired. But I actually feel that from everybody telling me that so much that I actually was always better than expected. I mean, sure, there were days and times where I felt like we didn't sleep or I didn't sleep or you didn't sleep or whatever. And there still are. But for the most part, I felt like I dealt with it a lot better than I thought. I was very scared about not getting enough sleep and feeling sick because I, I tend to A, get sick and like literally can't function if I don't get sleep. Since I had mono years and years ago, my system was just wrecked. And if I don't get proper sleep, I literally cannot function. I was very scared about that. And I feel like I've done a much better job than I thought I was going to be doing. Yeah. You know, it's funny because throughout the course of this entire thing, I think we only spent two nights apart. One night that you... Like different beds or Yeah, what? in yeah. different beds. Yeah. One night where mom slept in the bed with us me and McKinley, which that was like night number two home from the hospital. 
And then one night, that, and I slept in a different room, which was yeah. right, which was right about probably five weeks. You took her into the trundle room and slept with her. Yeah, because just I'm, to give me a break. Yeah, you were real and gave frustrated, her a bottle. and you needed a break. And I think it was like a Saturday night or something, it so was. I was able to. And uh, yeah, I took her in the other room and, and fed her at five a.m. And I don't even think you still slept very good that night because you no. Were, and then I got mad at you because you you didn't feed her on time, the scheduled time. I think I did. No, you fed her at five, and she's supposed to not eat until seven. And I was, I, and then I felt like, okay, well, that was, that's what I get for, like, not being there. You know, I get through her off for the day. <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. I just didn't tell you that. Oh my gosh. Because I was so regimented with her schedule, but it paid off. Me being that crazy about her schedule. If if I was not supposed to feed her at five. Then why did we set the time five to wake up and we feed her? We didn't. She she woke up. She needed a diaper change, and since she was up, you went ahead and fed her. Oh. I remember specifically. I wish I would have known that. I wouldn't have gotten up at five and went downstairs and warmed a bottle and all this kind of stuff. It's fine. It worked out fine. Um, do you want to answer any more, or should we wrap this up? You know, I think really we can wrap this thing up. Okay. Uh, We'll save these other questions for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. We'll do this every time. But, uh, I mean, just here on out, we, we went from Cherish the First Six Weeks to now we're moving into the a book called Moms on Call, which is more of a sleep uh, training thing. We'll talk about that later on a different episode. Um, also, one big thing that we've got coming up here uh, is that we ended up hiring a uh, a nanny Yeah. to come in three days a week yep. um, during the daytime so Angela can get some work done. She comes in um, mid to late afternoon. Yeah. And so stays for about five hours. That's going to be happening, and that know, started sure at can, right about six weeks. I'm sure we can kind of detail all that at a later time too. But that's uh, what's yeah. going on, and um, yeah. So that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Tune into episode number eight. Yep. And um, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? No, that's it. Thanks right, for listening, then. guys. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye bye.